Welcome to the STLHighSchoolSports.com podcast. I'm your host, Dave Quidall. On this episode, we're going to catch up with Vashon Boys basketball coach Tony Irons, who's now in his sixth season leading the Wolverines. In his tenure, Vashon has won three state championships and was headed toward a fourth when the coronavirus pandemic upended the state tournament last year prior to the semifinal round. This season, Vashon is 8-0 as of this taping, and once again among the heavy favorites to claim the Class 4 state championship. We talked about what it's like navigating this winter and all the challenges that come with it, living up and exceeding the expectations that come when you're the head coach at Vashon High, and what it's like to help some kids from St. Louis do some things for the first time, like get on an airplane or even see the ocean. It was a great conversation. I've known Tony a long time, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm now joined by Vashon Boys basketball coach Tony Irons, who is trying to navigate the COVID-19 world we're living in with his Wolverines. And and Tony, thank you so much for joining us on the stlhighschoolsports.com podcast. Uh, We were just talking off air. Your guys have played eight games this winter which is it's yeah. almost like a football schedule man so what's it what's it like this year trying to figure out this madness well i mean it started off you know at the very beginning of all of this we you know there wasn't a whole lot of um you know um they everybody we didn't know what we were going to have be able to do sure. so it was kind of you know, kind of open a little bit. So um, at the beginning of the year, we actually had a full schedule. And before they came out with any, uh, you know, guidelines on what could be done as far as traveling and stuff like that, we had to completely readjust our schedule. And we ended up losing around 15 games. So we were slated to go to some places and travel. And once they came out with those guidelines saying that we could not uh, travel or leave the city of St. Louis we had to kind of like scramble to figure out who we were going to play and just find games. So we had ended up getting about 20 games scheduled and, you know, just from a different, you know, a number of different reasons, we ended up losing some games and some other stuff. So we ended up only playing eight up until this point. So you are scheduled to play at DeSmet and Webster Groves is expected to come to you. Are those still on? Yep. Both of those are still on. Okay. So that would make a 10-game regular season. I, you guys usually play 10 games before the second week of December, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So we either, um, you know, in the past we've played in uh, some sort of Thanksgiving deal or we've we've kind of played in a couple shootouts um, before Christmas. And then right around Christmas we, you know, we typically play in a holiday tournament or um, do some sort of traveling. So, you know, it's just been, like you said, really, really difficult and really weird kind of navigating this with, you know, just the uncertainty with all of the things that are going on. So, you know, this is <laughs> we had a couple games, um, you know, scheduled in December that we thought we were going to play. And um, I think when we played Chaminade, that was like our third game. And that was like the last game that we had for that you know period of time. So it's been weird just from November to December, probably playing like three or four games. I just I can't imagine how you try to keep some consistency because basketball is such a rhythm sport. There's it's it, it has its beats and things to it, and that is completely disrupted. What's it like trying to keep the guys on the same page and and get into the a good rhythm, especially here at the end of the season? So um, you know it, it's it's been 
you know, they've been good about it, you know, and they, I'm not going to say that they are, you know, extremely, you know, enthused about not, you know, not playing games and only playing eight, you know, they, they've been kind of, you know, reaching out to me uh, and just asking me, you know, what about this team? What about this team? And just, you know, trying to, you know, being kids, they want to play. And, you know, my concern with them is just always trying to be upfront and honest with them and get them to understand what the big picture is. And, and right now the big picture is just making sure that, you know, A, you're 100% right that we can play some games getting ready for the district tournament just to kind of, you know, get, you know, fine-tune some things and just get some playing experience. But it's also just making it to it. And that's, you know, that's the big thing with, you know, the city testing every two weeks and then, you know, the county and, and other areas not testing as much. You know, you have to you have to almost – you know, prepare yourself to, you know, cover your end as far as making sure that your kids test, you know, come back negative and stuff. But at the same time, you have to play against people that, for the most part, also, you know, have aspirations of, of playing postseason basketball, that they're going to do what they have to do to make sure that, you know, their kids are being safe and that their team has a chance to, you know, to play as well. So it's kind of finding a balance between those things. I was just going to ask, like, how how hard is it to try and just go through every day with your guys doing the things with all the protocols and then waiting on that test? Because, like you said, the city of St. Louis, in order to play every every yeah. uh, basketball, football, every team that plays in the city at the high school level has to get biweekly COVID nineteen testing. What is it like waiting on those results? That has to be just incredibly anxiety inducing. It, it is, and um. You know, the, the the roughest part about it is that you have no control over when the test results get back to you. So, um, you know, we will test. Uh, so it, it's normally on a Saturday. And, um, you know, we've we've done it through the district. We've done it through, uh, you know, a different. Uh, so I think we've done it through Athena. I believe that's who uh, the district uses. And then we've also done people's as well, just to kind of. Um, you know, kind of go above and beyond. So sometimes we'll do things where, you know, we'll try to do it weekly instead of biweekly sometimes just so we'll know exactly what's going on. But um, even with that, you know, there's no clear-cut, you know, perfect situation. So, you know, we'll take the test on the Saturday sometimes and then the test results might not come back to like a Wednesday. So then that, that gives you that, you know, that little period of time where, you're sitting around waiting to just see, you know, to make sure that everything's good. So do you, A, stop practice until you get the results back or what, you know what I mean? What yeah. do you do? So, um, you know, it's just, it's just been things like that. But for the most part, our kids have been, you know, and I'm knocking on wood, you know, they've been responsible enough to, you know, they wear their mask and, you know, we wipe everything down. We spray everything down. Uh, they have their own water bottles. Like, so we're, we're pretty much like, we try to be as anal as we can to, to make sure that we're covering again our end of the deal to make sure that our kids you know, understand that the season you know is in their hands and i'm curious like how last year's experience because coming into this season i talked to a lot of the area coaches for the preseason preview just here we are after last basketball season's uh, finale especially uh, the big schools in illinois and the big schools in missouri vashon chaminade cbc in particular on the missouri side 
we're going to the semifinals and then everything got shut down. How does that experience kind of inform what you guys have been doing this year? Because you've got a lot of dudes who were part of that team who didn't yeah. get to go to state, didn't get to have that experience and had it taken away by the virus. How much of is trying to avoid that experience all over again by, like you said, handling your business on your end? Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, even with that situation, um, that was something that was completely out of our control as well. Like I remember we were actually at practice on a Monday when um, the state gave, uh, when we had to do a conference call and, and, and they uh, informed everybody that, that everything was shut down. And we kind of had an idea that it was coming, but we really wanted to kind of keep everything, you know, moving kind of regularly until we actually got official word. But once they, uh, you know, they did it, I remember our kids' faces in the locker room. You know, it was a lot of disappointment. You know, there were some tears and some different things like that. And, um, you know, and some, like, like you said, a lot of the kids that, you know, we've got some kids on our team now that went through that whole ordeal. So, you know, I just kind of, you know, constantly, you know, I don't want to, you know, harbor it and, 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 you know, and just constantly bring it up. But I will, you know, make, you know, reference to it every now and then to let them know, like, hey, um, you know, the same way that that situation happened last year, like we have to do everything on our end just to make sure that we get a chance to actually, you know, play a playoff game. And, you know, so you you constantly have to do check-ins with them. You got to make sure that they're actually, you know, they're staying safe, they're staying out of the way, they're not around a bunch of people. So, you know, we'll um, do some group meetings, we'll do Zooms, we'll do different things on, 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 you know, throughout the day, just to make sure that they're being responsible. And I know they get tired of it, but like, it's probably like four or five times a week what they're hearing from me about like, make sure you're at home, make sure you're not doing those type of things. And they kind of understand. But again, you're talking about 15, 16, 17 year old kids. So, Yeah, I can't imagine getting them to, to, to try and limit themselves socially is a very easy process. Yeah. Yep. And it is. And, 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 you know, the whole, you know, navigating the whole virtual you know platform as far as, uh, you know, in, in school and stuff has been, you know, its own issue itself. But, you know, we're not having people in the building and, uh, well, kids having a choice of actually coming into the building or not. Um, you know, it's been, you know, our kids all are on our team are all virtual right now. So that eliminates that factor as far as, uh, you know, them being in the building and, there being some sort of hiccup there, but you know, they, they only come to the building when it's time for practice and stuff like that. But um, even then though, you know, you, you have to monitor, uh, you know, football workouts or, or starting for the spring. And then you got our girls team, which is doing really well is, you know, they're at practice at times when we arrive. So we try to, you know, stay as far away from them, let them exit out before we actually go into the gym and on the court. So it's just like, you know, just fine tuning those things to make sure that, you know, one, we don't want to, you know, do anything to jeopardize our season, but we don't want to jeopardize anybody else's as well. I'd assume this is the the hardest thing you've dealt with in your coaching career, but your coaching career has been very unique in a lot of ways. Where does this process rank as far as things you've had to deal with, mountains you've had to climb just to just to get the season on? Oh, it's absolutely at the top. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, 
I, I would rank it number one as far as, you know, the, the most adversity that I faced as a coach. And again, like as an educator and all this, like it's, there's no, you know, the, the situation has been as fluid as, you know, it can be. And you, you, you know, as we're all, uh, you know, we're, we're all, I think I feel like all coaches are kind of, I'm not going to say we're control freaks, but we want to, you know, have as much control over certain situations as possible. And this is one where none of us have control over it. So, you know, we, we all are, you know, we're going to want to schedule pregame meals. We're going to schedule shoot arounds. We're going to schedule, you know, it's all regimented. It's, it's by, you know, we want to keep a schedule on absolutely everything, but this is something where, you know, at a blink of an eye, it can take you from the left to the right. And it, it involves, you know, understanding it and being a little bit, um, you know, empathetic and being able to adjust because of that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been rough, man. Like, you know, you don't necessarily get to look at what your next opponent is. It's more so making sure that you even get a chance to get to that opponent (laughs) is probably the easiest way to put it. I think just getting a game day. That's, that's the goal because you don't know if you're going to get there. That's the goal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then like, like I said, like we, we were unfortunately in a situation where we had played against an opponent and then got a phone call basically saying that they had a, you know, a player that had tested positive during that time. And so it, you know, due to contact tracing that ended up shutting us down for, uh, you know, 14 days. So even it's just with stuff masks, like that. even with all the it, protocols, a positive test yeah. puts you on the shelf for two weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Man. So I mentioned you, your career. We has, ended up losing. I, I want to say three games during that time period. Yeah. That scary thing is that like you can do everything in your power to make sure that you're safe. But, you know, you, you also have to factor in that, you know, other schools have to be doing the exact same thing. So I don't know how, you know, you can't necessarily have, I guess, a, a, a gentleman's agreement that, you know, we're both going to do what we're supposed to do because we both can't control that. Now, I'd mentioned that your, your career has had its challenges. Um, you, you obviously, for those who don't know, have a famous last name. Your dad um, was is Floyd Irons, longtime legendary coach at Vashon. You coming up, you uh, you started your coaching career at Imagine College Prep and then moved on to Madison College Prep and then assumed the role of head coach at Vashon uh, for prior to the 2015-16 season. And I, I we've talked about this before, but I'd like to just what, – what is that like? Because in the city, Vashon is the beacon. It's the school that – that the country knows for basketball. I mean, when people talk about St. Louis basketball, Chaminade gets a lot of love now because of the pros they've put out. But but the V is is the preeminent name, and and having a name like yours and your dad's legacy, it just how challenging is that trying to to just be that? Because I'm I'm sure you talk I've talked about it a lot, but I am curious where where that ranks for you as compared to like i said coronavirus yeah yeah i mean it's it it was definitely when i decided to actually get into the profession of coaching um i wanted to uh i know a lot a lot of people don't even really notice like when i um 
when I finished my, my playing career at College of the Ozarks, I actually stayed on for two years as a graduate assistant when I was in grad school uh, up there before I even moved to uh, Imagine College Prep. And one of my uh, graduate school professors what, uh, had just gotten the job as the principal of Imagine. So that's how I actually even got into uh, applying for the job at Imagine to, to actually start coaching. So I kind of, you know, when I was doing a graduate school thing, I didn't know if I really wanted to coach high school basketball. I wanted to kind of stay around the college game a little bit and kind of knowing, the, you know, the the history of, you know, like in the legacy of my dad, I was kind of like, I don't know if I wanted to really jump in those shoes because they were huge shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I kind of steered away from it, but then the opportunity, you know, presented itself to actually get in and actually, you know, become a head coach. So I kind of jumped at it. And when I first got into it, like, I'm never going to forget this. Like my, my first official head coaching uh, game was against Ledoux. And Ledoux was pretty good that year. This is my first year as a coach. And, um, you know, there were uh, there were news cameras at the game. And I was kind of looking like, you know, we're not really that good. I don't know what these news, you know, what the media is doing at this game. And um, to make a long story short, we ended up losing by, uh, I want to say, like 28 points or something like that. Hmm. And um, the headline on one of the uh, – the broadcasting channels was uh, Floyd Irons' son drops debut against Ledoux or something like that. And so that kind of like, you know, put a little bit of it even more in perspective for me as far as like what expectations were going to be, you know, just for me as a coach getting into this profession, especially in St. Louis and high school basketball. So, you know, it's been, like you said, it's been a, you know, kind of a, a roller coaster all the way through, but it's something that, you know, obviously I embrace. You know, my dad did and a lot of a, a lot of amazing things, man. He touched a lot of lives. Um, he put Vashon, you know, at, at at the peak of where it is, you know, and, and, and just to be able to kind of come in and give kids an opportunity to, you know, reach their goals of getting to the next level and all of that stuff through the game of basketball, something that I really appreciate and and, and, and I've been blessed to be able to do. I mean, was there ever a point when you're like, geez, I'm going to go be a a doctor. I'm going to go be an accountant. Lawyers sound good. I mean, anything but basketball coach or did the game just just get you? No, it was nothing. It was nothing, man. Yeah, it was nothing. I I realized a long time ago that the NBA was not going to be an option. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, we all at, at some point, come to the realization of that. So I always wanted to be around the game. Like I love the game of basketball. It's been good to me. I've been, you know, blessed to, you know, have an opportunity to do it, to play it, and then get an opportunity to come back and be around it and help other people uh, kind of, you know, learn through, through the game. And so, you know, ever ever since I was a kid, like I've always, you know, it was nothing that was forced. Like my dad never, made me go to the gym like he wasn't one of those parents who um you know would drill me I used to get mad sometimes because he wouldn't he wouldn't work me out for real like he would just like let me kind of you know kind of be around his practices and stuff like that and then as I got old enough and stuff I was able to actually kind of practice with them and stuff but 
for the most part, like it was, it was something that like he wanted me to be able to kind of grow to love and he didn't want to force it on me. And so, you know, ever since then, like I've always loved the game and always wanted to kind of be around it. So you, you played point guard at Lutheran North and like you said, College of the Ozarks for and, and when did you realize you could only play so long? I talk to the football guys a lot about this, but when but when did you kind of look around and go, oh, shoot, these days are numbered? Well, um, I'm never gonna forget it. Like when so it was my senior year in college and we were preparing for the national tournament and um you always like ever since you're a player, like you always kind of, you know, it, it's always been a, you know, uh, like I said, a regiment. Like you, you, you know when you have to get up. You know when you have to be at workouts, when to be at practice, and all of those things. So, uh, we were we were playing in a national tournament, and we were getting close to the final four. And you know, my whole goal was like, we got to win it. And then it, it, it kind of dawned on me. It was like, well, what happens after that? Because like you literally have if this goes you know, as playing, you have two games left in your career. So, you know, I was, you know, it, it, it didn't really hit me to after we won it. And then we celebrated for about a week or so. And then <laughs> the guys that were coming back, were going back into the gym to prepare for the following year. And then I just had all of this free time. So like, that's <laughs> when it really hit me that like, it's over. Like it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's never going to be the same again. It's not going to be, um, you know, one of those deals where like, you know, and I tried to play like, you know, I played in rec leagues and different things like that. Like it was never the same because it was never, you know, it, it wasn't anything. It was competitive, but it was we weren't playing for anything. So, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of like lost interest in that, like really, really fast. So I, I love it when coaches do this because, you know, the, 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 the kids look at guys in their 30s and 40s like they're old and then God help you if you have a head of gray hair, then you might as well be dead. <laughs> right. But what is something you do at practice that makes the guys go, oh, damn, coach used to hoop? Like, I mean, shooting drill? Like, what is something you can pull out of your pocket to show them, yeah, I know how to do this, young fellow? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I, now I'm not in the, I'm not going to say I'm in like, the, the greatest shape like I was back then, but like <laughs> I still have times where like um, I will jump in practice and actually like go through drills with them. And then um, sometimes when we used to have like um, in, in during our like 30 days in June, I would actually like we whenever we would have like an open gym or something like that, like I would actually get out there and play with them a couple games and stuff. But now, you know, it's more so just like you said, it's shooting drills and stuff. So, like, I, I can probably count on one hand since I've been coaching how many of my players have beat me in the shooting competition. And you can tell me who they are, can't you? Yeah, I can tell you exactly who they are. Do you um, want to, though? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I, mean I, don't have a, I don't have a problem doing it. Uh, Corey Gilbert has beaten me before. Yeah. Um, Phil Russell has beaten me before. Ooh, Phil can fill um, it up. Yeah, Phil can shoot it. Um, and let me see. Uh, Kevin Baker has beaten me before. Oh. Um, let me see who else. Now the other two, like, like it, 
it, it's it's I think it's one more person, but I can't really like if and they can't get mad at me if I don't remember because it's like <laughs> it, it, again it's like it, it doesn't happen often, but I just those stick out to me because I do remember the times when they beat. And that and do you ever hear the end of it? If they if they get you, do they do they kind of say, "Hey, remember, coach, I I got you that." Yeah, time. oh yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely do that. <laughs> and and th- this is what's crazy is I remember when Phil beat me, and Phil beat me, like we had a shooting, we we did a shooting competition. Um, like it was almost, it was like three days before we played districts when he had uh that amazing shooting performance in the first half against Cardinal Ritter. No, no, the twenty in the first quarter. We literally were in the gym for about two hours shooting. And me and him were kind of like just going back and forth, and I kept beating him. I just kept beating him. And then he finally got hot, and then he just like, not only did he beat me, he kind of annihilated me. And then we didn't play anymore <laughs> after that. And I kind of was teasing, I was kind of teasing him. I was like, man, you're going to shoot well this, in the playoffs. And I didn't think he was going to shoot it that well, but he shot it unbelievably, that whole, that whole playoff run. So – you mentioned that you, your your guys went on to win the class three title that year. The year before, um, won a district and St. Mary's knocked uh, the Wolverines in the sectional, and that was coming mm-hmm. off of state championships in 2017 and 2016. Prior to that, as mentioned, I mean Vashon is is a national powerhouse, recognized as one of the top programs. What is it like when when you come in your first year there and go back-to-back with state championships. I mean, obviously, the bar is very, very high for the Wolverine faithful, but Mm -hmm. that's amazing. What is it like operating under those circumstances, knowing there is this high expectation, and then going out and winning back-to-back titles? Yeah, I mean, again, like, when we we went in to, uh, when I I got the job at Vashon, um, there wasn't a whole lot of like really any time to kind of, you know, just kind of figure things out. It was expectations, you know, from a lot of, you know, a different alumni and just the community and stuff like that. And I think our kids, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't really know what the expectation was. They just wanted to, you know, come in and get, get acclimated. Uh, obviously our school closed. And then when we did the transition into Vashon, it was kind of, you know, I'm not going. It was probably one of the most difficult things uh, to actually go through, just because you know, a when your school closes, you know, there's a certain Madison level of prep. Un- right, right. Yeah, Madison Prep. Yeah. So there was there was a a lot of uncertainty just with you know the school, you know what was going to happen, you know, with the school system in general, and you know once we, you know, once it was a phase in process into Vashon. It was, you know, it was difficult because there were also, you know, A, we had our kids coming from, from Madison, but there were a lot of kids that were at Vashon that necessarily didn't ask for me to come in to be their coach. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was just, so it was kind of like merging two families. And when, you're, when your mom um, marries somebody else and they have stepchildren and you have to kind of, you know, they're, they're, you now have stepbrother, you have a stepfather, and you have stepbrothers and sisters. So it was that deal. And um, kind of trying to merge, you know, those two situations into one was very, very challenging. You know, we had a lot of talent, but 
you know, there was a lot of things that we had to do, um, you know, psychologically with the kids to get everybody to even want to be on the same page, to even try to win a championship. So, like, that first year was, like, you know, it was it was probably the hardest year that I've had, you know, just from, a, you know, a, a, a on-the-court coaching, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, add that on to all the expectations with uh, us coming from Madison where we had just lost at the Final Four the, the, the previous year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with having a lot of those kids back, that people automatically thought that we were going to be good. But there was a lot of other things that played a factor into that. And, and, you know, and just credit to the kids that they always kind of, you know, through that, they stayed dialed in and they and they wanted to be good and they worked and they bought into what we were trying to tell them that we ended up, like you said, winning it. So that was harder than actually the second one, which we we got back to back. Like it was it, the first one was very hard just from those, you know, those parameters. But the second one was just, you know, kind of everybody's going to be, you know, shooting at you and, you know, having to be able to get them not to get stale and not to think that it was guaranteed and just to keep working because we had, we had won it. So now it's, you know, everybody back for the most part, like it's supposed to happen again type situation and getting them to understand that that doesn't necessarily happen. So we had to kind of do some creative things to make sure that they were, um, you know, that was the year that, we and we went to Atlanta, Georgia to play against Wheeler and different stuff like that. So we had to simulate, you know, different experiences to get those kids kind of, you know, keep them kind of hungry throughout that whole process. So that was that whole, you know, experience with that. Well, you mentioned the travel, and and I'm fascinated your take on this because as your your guys became successful. You mentioned you you had a bunch of games this year you would hope to to play outside the state, be it traveling to Florida or Maryland. I I know your team has gone lots of places. I'm fascinated by what it's like when your kids like how many of them have never been on an airplane until they show up with with the team wearing their warm-ups to go travel somewhere. A, a like, ton, a ton, a ton. So, you know, uh AAU has been, you know, it's, it's, it's provided opportunities for kids to be able to travel and play against other teams that are other kids from different regions. And it's always a measuring stick for you to be able to kind of, you know, a lot of the kids you see on on tapes and I mean, highlight tapes and like that you read about and this stuff, you get opportunities to actually see them and AAU provides that platform. But we've also had a lot of kids that, you know, um, they haven't been blessed to be able to play in the EYBL or, you know, some of those, you know, shoe shoe company platforms. So if they haven't been able and been exposed to those situations, even at an earlier age, sometimes that, you know, like you said, they they have not even been out of St. Louis. Hmm. So when you give them opportunities to be able to, you know, see something different, um, everywhere we go, we try to make sure that, there's some sort of educational aspect to it. So, you know, we've gone to every stop we've gone to, they've had an opportunity to get some type of historical reference, whether it's like when we went to Memphis or even Atlanta, like to get to see the, uh, you know, civil rights museum, uh, doc, where Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, gave a speech or any of those things. Like we try to tie things in for them and, and to get them to appreciate it. So, 
you know, just, just to see, like, I still remember some of our kids' first, you know, airplane experience where we had a kid that was nervous about even getting on a plane and he was sitting next to one of our coaches and he was freaking out when he was getting ready to take off because he had never, he had never seen anything like it or been on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you've never been on a plane before, the takeoff portion of that kind of happens really, really, you know, quickly. And <laughs> when, when it's getting ready to like, when it's picking up speed and it's getting ready to like to take off, he's squeezing on the chair and he's moving around like all of those things. So, you know, those are experiences that, you know, a lot of times are bigger than basketball because, it gives them opportunities to, you know, to, 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 to see what life is like outside of this place. Well, I'm just, you guys went to the city of Palms a couple of years ago and, you know, that's a December tournament in Florida and just how many, how many kids hadn't seen the ocean before just because a they, ton. they never had a, a chance ton. to yeah. go see it. Yeah. And what was crazy was, um, the weather, the, the first time we went to the city of Palms, the weather was not the greatest. Like it, it rained the entire time we were there. And right before, like I want to say it was the day before uh, we had just finished playing and we had, um, I mean, we were in, uh, I think we were in the, the consolation bracket and we had just won the consolation. So we had an early game and our flight didn't leave until um, I want to say it was like five the next morning. So we had this long like window and then the weather broke. So we were able to actually go to the beach. And um, even though it was extremely cold and they had on their sweatsuits and stuff, we didn't want to miss the opportunity for them to get a chance, like you said, to actually see the ocean and to actually see the beach, even though they couldn't really experience it like, you know, you normally would at the beach. But for some of them to actually pick up sand for the first time and, you know, and to actually, you know, see see the water and, to put their foot in the water and stuff like that was, it was an amazing experience. And, um, our kids actually got a chance to, there was, um, uh, uh, two couples that were actually there vacationing and they were playing, uh, beach volleyball at the time. And our kids ended up challenging them and they were playing beach volleyball against these two couples, which was kind of interesting to watch too, but it was, you know, it was fun though. It was a, a good opportunity for them to be able to do some bonding, but at the same time, like you said, to get that experience. And, you know, obviously you don't get into to coaching if you don't want to work with young people and help young people. I mean, at the high school level in particular. So what do these experiences mean to you as someone who had the opportunity to go do a lot of different things as a young man growing up? What does it mean to, to get those kids to have these opportunities and to see that the world is, is much bigger than this this little piece of it they spend a lot of time in it's more like i i I enjoy it more like to go through those experiences with them is is like i remember when i was a kid going through you know getting those experiences and seeing things and traveling to play ball and all those things but it's more fun to experience it with kids that have never had it or never seen those you know seeing you know those opportunities it's more gratifying and you know, I never take it for granted. Like, you know, we're, we've been blessed to be invited to some places to get a chance to go and travel. And, you know, it's, you know, when, when, when uh, Mario and some of those guys were coming up, like, you know, it, it got to a point where, 
you know, we were getting invited to places all of the time. And it, it, you have to kind of, you know, one, live in the moment, but at the same time, you want them to realize that, like, how fortunate they are to get a chance to do these things. Because, again, you you can get to a point where you feel like that these things are supposed to happen. And, and it's not it's not normal. So when we got a chance to travel and we wanted them to understand each individual experience as if like this was their only experience, not this is just one of another. You know what I mean? Like it's it's something that you need to take in. You need to be appreciative of. You need to understand, you know, all the aspects of this. And you need because this is something that when you, you end up having a family and stuff, these are your memories that you're going to be able to share with your kids. And hopefully you can kind of take them into some of these situations. Like if you didn't get a chance to travel that much as a kid and your first opportunity on the plane was with, 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 uh, with the Sean basketball. Now, when you become an adult and you have a kid, it's important for you to give that kid that ex- those experiences that you may not have had when you were coming up. So some of your guys that have gone on to 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 uh, college to play, you'd mentioned Phil. He's Phil Russell. He's down at St. Louis U as a SLU alum. I'm very excited that he and the Billikens <laughs> found a way to to join forces. That uh, that makes me very happy. Kobe Clark mm-hmm. went to Georgetown. He was a huge piece of the team last year. And uh, Cam Fletcher is at Kentucky. Um, unfortunately, the Wildcats are having a tough one, but he's there as well. Um, Levi Stockard was at Kansas State. He's now at uh, VCU, where your current senior, Nicholas Kern, Nick Kern, is is signed to go. So what's it like working with guys who go off to do things at the college level? My understanding, did Levi graduate yet? Did he Is he working on a fifth year from Kansas State? I, I know no, academically he was he was pretty far ahead. Yeah, he was ahead, but he's finishing up now. So this okay. is actually his. Yeah, this is his last year. Um, and he, he he would be able to graduate, but I think he's going to actually use the uh, additional year. Sure. And then I think he's going to start working towards uh, getting into his graduate work at the same time. So you know, I'm excited for him to get a chance to do that. Um, you know, and and that's that's one thing too. Like, you know, those those guys that you mentioned, those are the guys that. You know, a lot of people, you know, talk about because they're they are at, you know, uh, big universities or at major schools. But um, we have a lot of kids that are also, you know, not at, you know, maybe not at a power five school, but are doing really, really well in school, too. I just seen something online the other day where uh, uh, Casey Cody Jackson, who's at Missouri Valley, just had his senior night the other day. And he's doing great in the classroom. You got peanut who's at Maryville right now. Corey's at Central Missouri. So we got, you know, a lot of guys that are at different places that aren't at, you know, like I said, a power five situation, but they're all having good careers and they're finishing up school and they're doing great. So, you know, when you when you hear those stories and they reach back to you and tell you, you know, how good they're doing and, you know, how, you know, they appreciate certain things. You know, I have, a, a we actually have, a group chat with every group that has um, since I've been at Vashon. Well, I'll, even before Vashon, cause I have one with like Martavian and Kevin and all of them as well. But um, you know, we each have our own little group chats and stuff. And, and that's just a way every now and then for us to kind of 
keep in touch with them and just make sure that they're doing good, man. Like, you know, Chance is doing good at William Penn. They were nationally ranked before um, their season was cut short at, uh, due to COVID and stuff. And um, so he's doing great, you know. Um, we keep in, obviously keep in touch with Mario. He's doing great. Um, so it, it's just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud of all of them. And like you said, like now to see them at this phase of their lives, getting a chance to do what they love and now getting ready to figure out what the next step is for some of them, you know, it's, 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 it's special because now they're adults and now they're getting ready to, you know, be, um, you know, a part of, you know, have jobs and have families and all of these things. Like, uh, I mean, one, it makes me feel super old, but two, it's like really gratifying, man, and really exciting to watch them kind of move into that phase of their lives. Well, I, you mentioned uh, Martavian and Kevin Baker or Madison guys. Another Madison guy, Orlando Cook, who played collegiately uh, at Arkansas. I just signed professionally mm-hmm. to play in Iraq. Do I have that right? Yep, yep. He's there now, currently. So yep, what? And he's doing great. I was going to say, what's that like when you've got guys literally going around the globe? Man, it's funny because Orlando actually was going to, uh, when it, it, he was he was unsure. He knew he was going to actually get a contract. But he was unsure when it was coming. And um, he, he was going to start coaching with me this year at Vashon. Mm. And he was in, he was here, he had got his wig, we had got, uh, he was working on getting his sub stuff done so he can actually work in the school district during his time period. And he was, um, he was helping out in practice and then he had gotten the call to go to Iraq and we were, we were in the office talking about it and he was just like, man, I never would have thought that I would be going to Iraq to play basketball. (laughs) Yeah. To play basketball. And I was just like, well, I mean, you know, one of the re- every everybody that plays the game should you know I'm not going to say everybody but people have aspirations of playing professionally so as long as he's getting the opportunity to do that he has to take full advantage of that and he has to you know go and get that experience because again that's an that's a once in a lifetime experience that he's going to be able to share with people so um, you know for him to get to do what he loves um, to make money doing it and I mean. It, it, it's crazy. So, you know, he he, uh, he actually sent me a message the other night on uh, Instagram just um, talking about, um, you know, just some old stuff when, when he played and all that stuff. So, you know, it's just it's, it's remarkable, man. I'm proud of him, too. He's come, he's come a, an absolute long way, and he's probably, if I had to rank all of our kids, he's the one kid that I would say at the very top who has completely – had a, a complete maturation process. Like mm-hmm. when he came to us a little, a little immature, you know, made some mistakes, you know, some different things. And, you know, he, he, he was behind academically, you know, and we, we kind of, you know, when he, when he came to the school, I, I actually met with him in the building and I just told him like, yeah, I've heard about, you know, some of your hiccups and all these things, but like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take it for, you know, what, whatever you do here is what I'm going to judge you based off of. And we, we, we broke down. A lot of people don't understand this. Like Orlando actually had to go to night school. Like the year that he was not eligible to play with us, 
he had to go to night school just to catch up in credits mm. because he was behind, you know, when he um, from his previous school. And, um, you know, so for him to do the work that we required him to do and then go to night school and knock that out just to get an opportunity to be able to graduate on time was, you know, remarkable. Like, and then to come out there and actually when he got his opportunity to play, to come out and perform and work hard and all that and to actually get a scholarship within only playing. And a lot of people don't know, know this, that he only played one year of high school varsity basketball, one year. Mm-hmm. So for him to get that, like, that tells you the type of person that he is. He persevered through a lot of stuff. And that's why he's having the success that he's having right now as far as, uh, you know, getting a chance to play professionally. And, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, a college graduate, all of those things. So, like, I'm really extremely proud of him. That's phenomenal. So uh, you had mentioned he was going to help help you on your coaching staff. Your your staff has has had some notable uh, losses here recently. Uh, John John Albert, better known as John John, as you mentioned, the the girls basketball team at Vashon has really been good this year. Last year won mm-hmm. a district championship under John. He was your longtime assistant. Jimmy McKinney spent a lot of time on your staff. He's at Kirkwood this year, and the Pioneers are having one of their best seasons in recent memory. What's it like seeing the guys you worked with go off to do their own their own programs and, and flourish? It's great, man. I think they're all doing an incredible job. Um, uh, Will Franklin is another one, you know, even though he's still, you know, assisting with me now. But he's the head football coach at mm-hmm. Bashan, so he has his own program as well. So, um, you know, just I mean, that's that's what we actually talked about when you know, at some point, this was going to be an you know, hopefully, an opportunity for all of them. Uh, they're all great basketball minds. They all, you know, are extremely diligent. They work at it. You know, they want to be good. You know, and you know, I was you know, selfishly, of course, I would have you know, loved for each and every one of them to still you know, stay and be a part of it. But, you know, each one has to have their, you know, they have to go on their own mission. They have to go and, you know, do what makes them happy and be able to, you know, be able to impact kids on a, from a, a wider, a wider range. So I'm really, you know, I'm really proud of all of them. Um, you know, we, we pick each other's brains still to this day, you know, and, you know, we support each other. You know, I haven't actually, had you know because of COVID, I've only had an opportunity to watch Jimmy uh, person in live. I mean, live in person one time. But you know, um, you know, I'm I'm there rooting for him. Like you know, like I, I graduated from Kirkwood or something like that. So uh, <laughs> you know, I've been at a couple of John's games. You know, so it's just you know, it's that's what you really want. Like you want you want the guys that you care about. You know, that's your family to be able to go off and have success doing this and doing something that they love. And they're doing it now, and I'm proud of them. Tony Irons, head coach of the Vashon Boys basketball team. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. We appreciate it. I appreciate you, Dave. Thank you.